0: Welcome to the Kick Sugar Coach podcast. Join me each week as I interview experts who will share the science of sugar, sugar addiction, and different approaches to recovery. We hope to empower you with the information and inspiration, insights, and strategies you need to break up with sugar and fall in love with healthy whole foods so you can prevent and reverse chronic disease, lose weight, boost your mood, and energy. Feel free to go to my website for details on my coaching program's and to access free resources, kicksugarcoach.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kick Sugar Coach podcast. I have with me today Danielle Dane, who is a fellow um, coach who works in the area of sugar addiction and emotional eating and disordered eating recovery work. And here's a little bit about her. her, her. Like many of us, she struggled with her own health. Was Tired, exhausted, messed up around her relationship with food, and started to do the deeper healing work, inner work had her own breakthroughs, went back to school in 2016 to become certified as a holistic nutrition coach, and she launched her career. She's also a speaker and just recently po- I launched her own podcast called Beyond Sugar Freedom. And now today, she really her expertise is in helping women to get down into the root causes of our, of our struggles with food. So welcome, Danielle.
1: Thank you so much for having me here, Florence. I'm really excited to be, you know, at the beginning of your amazing podcast, and um, yeah, really looking forward to our conversation today.
0: Thank you. Take us back in your own journey with food. When did you first kind of have an awareness that there was something not right here? Oh, that's
1: such a good question, and. Honestly, a hard one, hard one to answer because, you know, a lot of my story and my epiphanies are me sort of looking back in hindsight, um, really being aware now, oh, that's what was going on back then. Um, but I would say, you know, my, my light bulb moment, it wasn't really a moment. It was more like a light bulb you know, a couple months <laughs> really happened about six years ago at the end of a year long trip that I was taking with my husband in South America. And, you know, I'd been learning a lot and connecting with my my body in a different way and noticing how people treated food in a different way and how, um, you know, how that really led to how we felt and, and really how I thought, you know, the, the brain fog and all the other things that I know we could talk about. So coming home from that trip was really the eye-opening point because towards the end of that trip, I went through what I call my accidental sugar detox. I had no idea I had a problem with sugar or food. You know, I've always been relatively thin and and you know active. Um, and at the end of that trip, we were actually living at a retreat center in the middle of the Colombian jungle. Which side note, I do not recommend ever doing your sugar detox in the middle of the Colombian jungle without houses only. So anyway. It was not, not a good, not a good time to do that, but I had no idea what was going on. And it was the first time probably in my whole life that I've actually spent two weeks not eating processed food. We were living completely off the land and just eating whole real foods. Um, and I went through the withdrawal symptoms. I mean, I didn't know it at the time. I thought I was sick. I thought there was like, oh my goodness, I must have a parasite. Um, you know, what's going on with me there and really coming home, from that trip even in the airport starting to have some treats that i used to like and noticing that i didn't like them anymore and i really started having that awareness of oh like my sugar cravings aren't there and i started just that that um you know that difference in being able to see what i felt like before and what my taste buds were now guiding me towards was really i'd say like the the light one of the light bulb moments that really hit home for me and in, in shifting my journey and then, you know i just started becoming really curious and diving in coming home from that trip my husband and i became really really um excited to clean up our diet we'd been eating like crap if i can say that here for a long time and that was a really eye opening moment we we just felt so horrible coming home from that trip after our accidental sugar detoxes and eating like not well for 12 months and beyond And uh, we really just cleaned things up. We went off sugar. We actually went off meat at that time. We went vegetarian just to eat really clean, no processed foods, and really started dabbling with that um, just for general health. You know, we just wanted to feel good again, right? We wanted to lose some weight. We wanted to feel good. And it was during that, you know, couple months when we first got home that I really started having more and more light bulb moments around sugar specifically around like my cravings weren't the same. I didn't like the treats that I used to like, and they didn't have the same pull on me that they used to. There was still a pull. I'm not going to lie. Okay. That there was still there, but it wasn't the same in my mouth and in my taste buds. And it really just got me passionate and curious about nutrition, about how, what we eat actually actually. Uh, you know, dictates how we're going to live, how we're going to feel on a daily basis and also disease development in the future, which in my genetic um, lineage is riddled with every single chronic disease that exists. And I I really had a couple moments where I had to take a hard look at the future that awaited me if I didn't make a change with how I was treating my body. So I started really tying a lot of these pieces together and becoming fascinated about nutrition, which is when I went to school. Um, you know, I took my, my course as a nutritional coach and really started diving into learning about how food and nutrients actually affect our body and how toxic processed food is and what it's actually doing to our world and and keeping us sick. And, you know, that really angered me the more I learned about the industry and really kind of fired me up to continue my journey. And my journey with sugar really took its own time. Let's say that. And I know a lot of, a lot of you out there might be relating to this. You know, it took me a good two years before I felt like I had a handle on things. There were a lot of ups and downs. You know, there was a great week where I didn't eat any junk and then there was a binge week. And then there was two weeks when I didn't eat any junk and then there was a binge week. So it was, a huge, huge roller coaster until about that two, two year mark, when I finally had done enough digging into why I was craving and the inner root causes of where my addiction to sugar was coming from. And I finally got to a happy place with that. And with myself, that things really started to shift. So that was, that was the point, you know, after I finally got got clear headed and free from sugar that i really decided okay i need to i need to be helping others do this and and helping other women do it in less than 2 years with a lot less strain and struggle and pain. so i hope that answers your question i know that's that's a quick quick little synopsis of my story and and how things really shifted for me on that trip and i'm so grateful it did it's it's led me into my passion and and helping women in such a powerful way. oh my
0: gosh yes fantastic uh fantastic answer. so And I'm just so excited to get into the root causes, like what you, what you, what inner work you did in those two years that allowed you to emerge two years later and able to elegantly unhook from sugar. So what did you discover and what kind of work did you do? Oh, Florence, that's such
1: a big question. Yeah, um, <laughs> so let's see if I can kind of pare it down. It's a huge question. This is this is a conversation that never ends. And it's also work that never ends. I am always unfolding and diving into nuances and new pieces of my inner healing journey, healing traumas, healing, you know, my inner child. That's my newest piece the last couple of months have been really deep and really intense for me um, in a beautiful way, and really freeing myself from, you know, the inner wounds and these So how I kind of, before I talk about specifically the inner work, I think it's important to mention, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, makes what I do so unique and I came across this just sort of by accident working with clients, you know, attempting to get women off sugar, we would detox from sugar. You know, I would, I would be hold them accountable. We'd, we'd, um, really walk through all the food and how to cook and, you know, all the good stuff that you can eat and, and, you know, supporting them through that. And after the detox was over time and time again, the women would, would still slip back into the old habits and patterns. And I noticed myself doing that in the past as well. And I, I became really curious about why is just getting it out of the body, not enough. Like what, what, what else is going on? What are we missing here that can actually create lasting change? Um, I am absolutely not a supporter of fad diets and just diet culture in general. And I became, like I said, really fascinated with like, how can how do we actually create lasting change in all areas of our life? I was going through a transition, starting my own business, just doing a lot of changes in my own life that you know, I was really curious about how we create that real change. And in order to get to that answer we have to first understand you know why we're eating why we eat so i became really fascinated with that question like why are we addicted to sugar beyond the physical obviously we know and i'm sure you've had lots of experts already right we know the physical reaction that sugar has in our body that keeps us addicted on a physical level but what about the psychological level and I personally believe the psychological and these inner, inner wounds and these inner pieces are 80% of the battle. And they're off. They're also the hardest part of the battle. It's actually, and I know some people might argue with me on this. It's actually the easy part to give up sugar. It's actually totally. easy to give up sugar for 30 or 90 days or a year that's the easy part. It's black and white. We know what to do. It's easy to track like all the things around that. Don't get me wrong. It's very tricky for sure. But the, this, this inner piece is these foundational pieces. When we start lifting the hood and looking at um, where our need to fill a void with sugar inside ourself is coming from, it gets really painful and it gets really tricky and, and really uncomfortable. And I'm grateful. I'm the type of person that has always just had a zest for that. I, I welcome learning about myself. I welcome seeing not so good things about myself or reopening wounds that need to be reopened to be healed. Like I, I embrace all of that and it's become my new addiction in a way, which is, which I'm really, really grateful for. So what I, what I uncovered and can come back to your question, Florence is really where I focus most of my work with my clients now is because it, you know, the, the deep understanding and healing that happens at the root level, right. If we think of building a house, right. You're not going to be able to build a house if the foundation has cracks in it. Right. So we keep trying to build this house, the sugar-free house, and it keeps falling down year after year. And I know a lot of you may be listening, I can relate to that, you know, trying to give up sugar and failing, trying to give up sugar and failing, and you know, just the damage that that's doing to mentally, physically, to your to yourself is is um, not something you have to go through. So, some of these pieces, there are so many, but a couple of the really common ones that I see everyone having is really to take a hard look at our emotional connection to food. Most of us have used, especially sugar. Okay. Like I say food, but you know, it's, it's different for everyone. And I know that here on this podcast, you're probably listening because there's something going on with sugar. So we, we really have been taught from a young age, right. To use sugar, to, to numb out any emotion, right. When we're feeling uncomfortable, or if we want to celebrate, like it's tied to everything. And there's so many deep, deep layers around the emotional piece. Um, there's a lot of, really emotional wounds that a lot of us have. A lot of us have, have never really learned to feel or honor our emotions or actually express our emotions. And that creates like this inner tornado and we, we use sugar to cope. We use sugar to get through that, to make us feel better. Um, And there's, there's so many pieces that I walk my, my clients through around that. So that emotional pillar at the foundation is, is really number one that to look at, um, another piece to really dive into and these kind of tie together, but is our belief systems. So our belief systems are essentially in the first seven to 10 years of life, how we decided the world worked. So it's, it's almost like the glasses. And I know (laughs) Florence looking at your glasses, it's like these glasses that we put on, to see the world through. So how we believe the world works, how we believe our role in the world is how we know to be a good girl, you know, how do we know to emotionally show up? And really it's this time in our life where we, we develop all the subconscious patterns to keep us alive and safe. Like this is, this is a survival mechanism. So, but a lot of these beliefs are now operating our days in the background as adults and they're no longer serving us. So things like I, I hate to cook or cooking, uh, eating healthy is really boring and tasteless, or it's not safe to feel most of my clients actually like 99% of my clients have that belief. Like it's, it's just not safe or not okay to feel it was always stifled in their household growing up. So if we have all of these blockages, of course, we're just going to keep finding something to cope with, whether it's sugar or alcohol or something else that's going to like get us out of this inner kind of disconnection. So the belief systems are a big, big piece of the work as well. And another area to look is really, I mean, this is getting super layered deep, but you asked the question. So um, is our identity. We have to start looking at who we are and understanding who we are. Um, Most of us have since childhood been shaped by society to be someone who we not really, who we don't really know who we are. We're, we're not. Um, and this is an unfolding as you start doing this inner work into your authentic self and into understanding and through that learning to love yourself and accept yourself. And this is, this is some of the biggest wounds that most of us have around not feeling loved, not feeling worthy, not feeling like we're enough. Those are the three core belief wounds and really really, when we can dive into those and explore them and get curious about them and start to repattern those, everything in your life will shift. And that includes, you know, your need, quote unquote, need to reach for food when you're not feeling well, or when you're feeling unloved or disconnected. So that identity and the self-love and those, those core beliefs are a really big uh, pillar as well. And then there's other, there's other pieces in the inner work that we need to look at, like setting boundaries, right. Um, You know, people pleasing and, where your cravings are really coming from. And I mean, the list goes on and on. Those are really the biggest ones. I could talk about this for hours, but I'm not going to. I know we have limited time. Um, So those are really just, you know, anyone listening, you know, a couple areas for you to start looking at and just knowing that um, coming at these with curiosity is really, really important. This isn't about guilting yourself or shaming yourself. You didn't do anything wrong. We all were raised in the society that really shaped us in this way to fit in and stay safe. It's a survival mechanism. So you did your best and you did what you needed to do to feel safe and accepted, um, in your household growing up. And uh, now's the time and opportunity for you to start just being curious and start bringing awareness to where this is coming from for you. So you can shed those layers and really step into your power. And, And from that place, it's so much easier to make healthy decisions
0: for yourself. It's, it's pretty amazing. Awesome, thank you. So, in terms of your own uh, journey, your own story, so the, the four areas that you mentioned was emotional work, the other was uh, boundaries, identity, and what was the other one? Beliefs. <laughs> so, share some of the stories of your breakthroughs, or in any of, like one or more of those areas. Like, yeah, walk, walk us through your journey and your breakthroughs.
1: Yeah, thank you for for asking that. Um, I'd say my biggest one, and again, like this is, um, I think this needs to start when I wasn't, you know, really in a good place. So I look back now, this is all in hindsight because I didn't, I didn't have the awareness at the time with what was going on. But before I went on that year long trip with my husband, um, I was actually working. A lot of people don't know this. I worked in the finance industry here in Canada, so I had a really important job, and I got to wear high heels to work. And I, you know, I felt really uh, like I'd made it. I was successful. I, you know, graduated university, and now I was working in this high-powered job that um, that essentially sucked the life out of me. It was one of the most toxic environments that I've ever been in. And in this moment, I can say I'm so grateful for that experience because it shaped me in so many really brilliant, beautiful ways that's allowing me to be the person in front of you today. But at the time, you know, that was probably the most miserable two years of my life. I cannot believe I lasted two years, um, but I accept myself for that. And and I'm grateful that I did get out instead of spending my whole life there. And, you know, it was in that time looking back, I remember being so stressed and riddled with anxiety every single day. I was depressed. I was really, really in a bad emotional state uh, most of the time. You know, I was living for the weekends and I was not appreciated at work. The environment was toxic. You know, nobody was supportive. Like it was a really bad, um, bad place to to be. And I hope anybody who's in that situation now, please know that you can choose to get out of that life is so you're so much you're, you're worth it. You're worth making that change. And, you know, in that time, you know, I remember needing all the, all the coping things were out. It wasn't just sugar. So at, um, after lunch, every afternoon I would get exhausted. I would be tired. I would have the afternoon energy crash that we know is famous in sugar. Um, and I would go and get a coffee and I would get a muffin, which is just cake, which we all know. And, you know, that would be kind of how I got through the afternoon at work. And then I would get home, you know, somewhere between five and six. And I would, you know, I would be so exhausted, have zero brain power left to think about what's for dinner. And, you know, I'd get pizza or takeout or I would make some pasta and cheese. That was always my go-to. And I would grab a bottle of wine and I would grab candy and this other pasta. And I would just go in the bath and binge on Netflix. It was all of the numbing out tools. It was the Netflix numbing out, the food numbing out, the wine numbing out. And that was really how I coped at the end of the day, I was just so disconnected from myself and so not doing well emotionally and mentally. My poor husband at the time, you know, he was so supportive and he wasn't doing well either. So we would essentially just come home, disconnect from each other and just totally numb out to get through and then get up the next day and do it again. And this cycle continued for a good two years. And finally we got to a breaking point you know, there was not no one thing that happened, but it was the breaking point that we both realized there's more to life. And we both quit our jobs and went and traveled for a year. So that was, that was, I say the height of my like emotional eating and my, um, you know, mind you i have been emotional eating my whole life, but that was really the, the big moment for me and really understanding that. I wasn't well, and I was using food and wine and Netflix and going in the bat, right, to just totally escape myself and, and really not, not be present, right, and not be in my body. So fast forward, you know, after our, our trip, um, you know, I really became fascinated about myself on our journey in South America. I had started learning to meditate. I started being involved in more spiritual conversations, which I've never really had a belief system growing up. So it was really cool just starting to connect with mother earth. And, you know, we went to a couple ceremonies and I really just started, um, connecting with the energies of the planet and nature. Nature's always been, um, you know, a big part of my life and a big part of who I am. So really starting to bring that more into my life and that energy was really beautiful and when i came home you know i started developing this yoga and meditation practice so i started actually you know spending time in nature every day just sitting with myself and my thoughts and that i would say was was one of the biggest uh, supports and it still is that was actually it was actually in a meditation one day that i was like I'm going to do this nutrition coaching. So I had all these big, like, you know, my intuition speaking to me and I started really honoring and listening to that. And as emotions start to come up, you know, obviously, as you know, Florence and and anyone um, listening, who's been off sugar before, you know, that when you remove that, you don't have your crutch anymore. So you kind of have to face what comes up. And, you know, I was having to face the emotion, the difficult emotions that I used to um, use sugar to numb out from. And I would, I would, Walk myself through them. So, through meditation, through getting out in nature, through talking with my husband, through having a good cry, you know, I really just started exploring and experimenting like, how can I process and support myself with these emotions without using food, right? Without needing to go through that. So, that, you know, there was still stress in my life. There was still anxiety. There was still grief. There was like a lot going on for me at that time. But the absence of sugar and really commitment to eating healthy and staying away from processed food really allowed me opened up that space to start baby stepping my way through practicing these practices. And before I knew it, um, I actually just, just last week had a really, uh, really triggering difficult event happen that brought up a lot of anger and a lot of sadness. And it was really, really neat for me to observe myself. You know, this is, five or six years later from starting this journey for me and really observing myself taking a pause instead of responding right away. First of all, no need, no need to response. It was, it was a, it was a pretty nasty email and, you know really just um, allowing myself to be present with my emotions like really my first go to now is like i'm going to feel this i'm i'm not going to avoid this i'm going to feel let myself feel this i'm going to cry i'm going to yell i'm going to process what i need to process in a healthy way and it's been a beautiful week you know to to just practice that and i'm really you know grateful for those examples that show up for me now where i can see how now you know, my go-to isn't sugar. I didn't even think about food at all. And actually when I'm, when I'm stressed, I don't even want to eat anymore. Like I just don't, you know, I'd rather go out or fast or, um, have a hot bath, go in our sauna. We have a sauna, go for a walk, cuddle my cat, um, you know, do some journaling, meditate, you know, I have so many tools now that are my go-to and it's just automatic now because I've created that new belief system, right. That feeling is important. And, and I, I'm going to work through these emotions instead of hide from them. So it's really, it's not been one you know moment with my emotional journey. It's been a, a accumulation of the last five or six years of just this inner, inner work, my spiritual journey, the practices that I have. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really beautiful. And it's, it's true freedom. If you ask me, I mean, that, that emotional piece and knowing that food isn't my go-to anymore is,
0: is pretty, pretty empowering. Oh, absolutely beautiful. And in terms of your beliefs, um, how did you access some of those unconscious limiting beliefs that, uh, that are under there and how do you reframe them or how do you turn them around? And what was the biggest belief that you turned around that made the biggest difference in your journey of, recovery from food issues.
1: Yes. Yeah. And really everything. And I mean, these, these core beliefs apply to every area of our life. Um, and this is another really big topic. I actually host a whole masterclass around shifting our limiting beliefs because, and it's in all my programs, it's a very, very big topic and very important. Um, but I would say, you know, um, the first place to start, maybe this is good. Uh, this is, you know, the first level would be to just sit down with, um, with maybe some goals that you have. So let's say it's getting off sugar, right. And, and looking at that goal and then writing down, even just brainstorm, free flow, brainstorming, sugar, giving up sugar is right. And just see what comes up, right. Or even just getting curious about, you know, what was the conversations around food growing up? Did you have to eat everything on your plate before you got dessert? That's a belief, right? Did, you know, did you have to finish everything on your plate? Cause there's children in Africa starving, right? Like, yeah, there's, there's a belief in that. And, you know, really starting getting curious about like, did your mom cook? What was the conversation around cooking? I know a lot of my clients are, you know, didn't have moms that cooked, right? So uh, below that we develop beliefs like cooking is a waste of time or cooking is boring or, you know, eating whole real foods is tasteless right a lot of us had that had that belief i know i did it was like oh eating real food is gross right i want i want the ice cream um so you know really just inviting yourself to prompt with the starts of those 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 questions like giving up sugar is or eating healthy is or cooking is and just allow yourself to just freeform like what comes up for you you know, just brain dump and just get curious about that. Another great way to start identifying these beliefs is asking your parents, right? What do you believe about healthy eating or what do you believe about food? right? Just because we got a lot of our beliefs from our parents. So we're not immune to that. So asking your parents, which were the biggest influence in those younger years of your life, can be really eye-opening as well um, and and start seeing if those things resonate with you. So that would be, like step 1 in terms of starting to be curious about where these beliefs are and i'm i'm going to be bold here and say that all of us are carrying around the beliefs that we're not worthy, we're not enough and we're not worthy of love. We're unlovable. These are the three core deep wound beliefs that i that i mentioned and it can be really difficult to to connect with those because they're quite painful to connect with, right? When we really accept and And admit to ourselves that we don't feel like we've ever been enough, you know, that our parents never, never made us feel like we were worthy. And, you know, just allow yourself to really be gentle as you start navigating those, those wounds, because they're, they're really deep for all of us. And I carried all three of those. So I would say those would be the biggest ones that, that I, I shifted. There was a lot of, um, you know, my childhood and just my upbringing. And I mean, I had a great family, right? It was all good on the outside, but when I start diving into the energetics and just the, the disconnection that, that existed there for me left me with those, those beliefs as well. So those three, you know, and I'm still working on them. I'm still working on them, you know, um, they pop up here and there and I'm like, oh, wait, why do I not feel worthy of that thing that I want? Right. Like what's going on here? Why am I holding myself back there? But it was actually, you know, what really shifted for me and where I've done a lot of my own work on learning about shifting beliefs is through my own coaches and mentors. So it actually started in the beginning for me with a business coach, you know, as I was starting my business and, um, they really blew my mind open with, with a lot of, um, these belief systems that I had around money and that I had around relationships and even business in general. And so I started really like learning sort of from that angle and then applying it obviously in my personal life. then I started working with, with a, a personal coach as well. Um, someone that was really there to help me, dive deep and mirror what was coming up for me. And that was, that was the next layer for me and understanding, Oh yeah, these are some beliefs that I have that no longer serve me and, you know, are really time to shift. So you know that bringing that awareness for me with those three and and a whole list of others, by the way, we have like thousands of beliefs. Um, and I know a lot of people really love and benefit from like EFT tapping for shifting those beliefs. It's a really great tool. Um, I've used other tools like neurodynamic breath work and obviously meditation and yoga, and just um, repetition is one of the best ways. So if we can start identifying a belief that's no longer serving us, right? So maybe it's, I'm, I'm unlovable, right? This is a big, big belief, or you can start with something I would, I would recommend with starting with something a little easier, like cooking is boring, right? Maybe something like that and rewrite that. Like, what do you want your new belief to be? So once you get that, you know, cooking is fun and, self care time, right? Or something like that. Whatever your words resonate with you. And once you have that new belief, you what you do is you double down on repetition. So you put it on your phone, you put sticky notes in your car, on your computer, on your fridge so that you're repeating it subconsciously multiple times a day. Because ideally we we need to create a new neural pathway, which is just like a path through the forest. We need to walk a new path and we need to tread it as often as possible so that it really becomes a well worked in path and that takes time and commitment and and keeping it fresh of mind every day and over time you'll start to notice oh okay i'm i'm believe i'm thinking this new way a little bit more than i am thinking this old way so that that would be you know the the cole's notes around beliefs that's like i said a really tricky one to just share quickly because there's so many nuances and and deep pieces behind it but i hope that
0: answers your question yeah absolutely 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 and uh, just to add to the whole sort of repetition as we're trying to re-script yeah. uh, beliefs is that um, rhyme can be really fun, too. So I was just thinking in my head, cooking, um, cooking is self-care and a lot of fun. It benefits my family, me and my family a tonne right? like just... I love that. That's a great idea. Yeah. 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 It can be fun to do that. Just to turn it into a rhyme and then it becomes a little jingle in the head and yeah. Yeah. It's great. Wow. That's amazing. So is there anything else you want to add about the inner game of getting our relationship to food sorted out and to be able that freeze us up, building that foundation so that we can build our sugar-free lives on top of it and have it be very stable? Yeah.
1: Yeah. A couple of things I'll add, um, just as reminders, I know I've kind of mentioned some of this already, but I think it's really important to circle back and remind all of you listening that this is, this work is, is not a quick fix. This is, this is the lasting result. And I know we've all been trained to do things in 30 to 60 days. And then all of a sudden our life is totally different. And that's just not the case. You know, a lot of this inner healing is energetic work and we can't We can't shift our beliefs that we've been believing for 50 years in 30 days, right? Like we have to get really honest and real and realistic with ourselves that this is going to be a process. And it's also not a process that's difficult forever. So this is really important to say. I was actually talking um, on another interview just yesterday about this, and I think it's a really important reminder just like when you're going off sugar, right? The first couple of weeks, yeah, are a bit tough or they can be right They're They're the hardest weeks. And after that, you start flowing into a new rhythm. It starts to flow. You know what to cook. It becomes easier. So it's the same with this, this inner journey in the beginning. It's really, it can be really painful. It can be really difficult to to feel again, if you've never felt right. If you had that wall up your whole life and really starting to, um, be curious about that and know that the, Difficult part of that, the the icky yucky part of that journey, does end. Right, it does become so much easier. And you know, I'm five or six years through this now. And when things come up for me, it is so um, easy for me to navigate. And I know that when I have really heavy, difficult emotions come up, I'm going to be fine. I work through them. I set myself up. I book in I booked in a call with my therapist. I chatted with my best friends. I'm doing emotion code session. Like I'm so I'm getting out in nature. I've journaled. Like It's, it's, it's not difficult. So really just be gentle with yourself is the reminder. I think so many of us have been, have been taught and raised right in the society that breeds diet culture, black and white thinking, and a real hateful, fearful relationship towards food and ourselves, so please lean into self-compassion, right? Know that this is, this is a journey and you're not going to be perfect at it. You're going to fail a lot. And that's part of the human experience. And it's part of your journey. And, um, you will, you know, if you get the right support, you're going to keep on track to, to have that breakthrough and finally get to a solid place where this, this inner work becomes a bit easier and it doesn't feel like, Oh my God, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. It's like, yes, I get to do this for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm excited to learn more about myself and continue evolving and growing as a human. So just in the beginning pieces, which, you know, might be a year. It might be two years. It might be six months. Who knows, right? With the big wounds, just really set yourself up for success by number one, being in a community of that, that gets it and, and is a safe, non-judgmental space and, and get the support and the guidance that, that you need from somebody that you resonate with, right? Whether it's me or someone else doesn't matter as long as it's somebody that is really there to support you and show up for you, um, during the difficult pieces of that. So, Self compassion, curiosity, just really, you know, put the war with your body and food to the side for a second and start leaning into this kindness and self self compassion. And you know, what we're thinking on a daily basis is is so huge in how we're going to show up, right? If we're thinking we're we're just a loser and a failure and we're never going to be worthy of anything that we want, you know that track on repeat in our brain all day long is obviously going to drive us to, you know, unhealthy habits. Of course, like we're, we're so disconnected from loving ourselves. So start practicing that, you know, start just practicing, choosing a new tape to play, right? Um, anybody remembers tapes. <laughs> I am old enough to remember those. I had the the old, uh, tape disc radio. Um, yeah, just start choosing, choosing that, that new track and just practicing being kinder with yourself and, and, when you have bad days or a binge or things aren't going well, like take that as a lesson and, and learn through that. Another big piece of the, the inner work is that I dive into with my clients is the belief around failure. We have so many and success. We have so many messed up beliefs about failure and failure is actually a huge gift. So allow yourself to embrace that and just be gentle as those times come up and take the lessons from it and move forward.
0: Amazing. Absolutely. Wonderful. Goodness. Thank you very much. This was an amazing interview and I am, I don't know how old you are, but you use, are you in your thirties? I am. Yes. Yeah. It's just incredible to see a 30 year old that's just stepping into the space because you're going to resonate most, especially with your generation. That's looking for leaders in this space to guide them through into the real work, right? Instead of just fighting with diets for decades that many of us did. And so it's just wonderful that you're out there. I'm happy to have shared you with my audience and thank you for your time today
1: yeah, thank you so much Florence for for having me here and everybody listening. I really really love this and please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions or want to know more, I would love that. Thanks. thanks everybody for
0: tuning in. Thanks for tuning in this week. If you would like more interviews, more information and more inspiration on how to break up with sugar, go to my YouTube channel Kick Sugar Coach or my website. KickSugarCoach.com. See you next week.